Welcome everybody to the Cinema Spiel. My name is Tim with the Sonoma Valley Visitors Bureau. News flash, today I did not go to the farmer's market. I repeat, today I did not go to the farmer's market. I know I always say that on every Friday. I didn't make it. I had to have a plumber come to my house. Whole different story, but listen to what. Earlier today, earlier this week, I went to Las Vegas. And Las Vegas is one of those places that you can go to for maybe 12, 13 hours before you become a raging misanthrope and totally angry and just like, ah, and it was for a trade show. And Las Vegas, if you're listening, you can buy ads on this and change my mind. But listen, here's what happened. I ate some of the food there. People said it was really good food. We are spoiled in Sonoma Valley for really good food. So today I came back, went down the valley, stopped at Sonoma Eats, real Mexican food. I got four tacos, four tacos. It cost me $12. They were fabulous tacos. I got the carnitas, and then I got, no, I got the al pastor, and then I got the uh, chicken. Phenomenal, right across the street from the Fairmont. Really good, fresh food. As I was leaving, Haley, who's one of the owners with uh, her husband, Efrain, she was bringing actual tomatoes they grow in their garden to put on the actual food. It tasted so much better than Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, it's just like things are so much better in Sonoma Valley, which reminds me. Hmm. Today, I have a very special guest. Today, I have a guest. And I know every week I say I have a very special guest, but sometimes we you talk about special wines and beautiful and amazing things. So today, listeners, for you, I've got Rob Lorenz with Talisman Wines. Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. What do you, Rob, have you been to Las Vegas? I've been to Las Vegas plenty, yes. <laughs> More than enough. <laughs> but you choose to live here in Sonoma Valley. I do, yes. <laughs> wise choice. Wise, wise choice. Um, Rob, you're with uh, Talisman Wines. Mm-hmm. Am I pronouncing that correctly? That is correct. Okay, because yes. it could be like some French, like Talisman. No, Talisman. No. Talisman uh, wines. Yeah. Uh, and where is that, Rob? It's in Glen Ellen, uh, okay. right, right in downtown Glen Ellen, in, in one of the oldest commercial buildings in Glen Ellen. It's okay. It's a building that's been all kinds of different things. It's been. It's probably been things we shouldn't talk about. Oh, right. uh, <laughs> It'll be on a dark history of Glen Ellen podcast. Uh, hotel and yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, hotel hotel with and activities. Okay. Yeah, hotel with activities, a speakeasy. Yeah, really. General store, all kinds of stuff, and we've been there for about. Since 2012. Okay. And um, Glen Ellen, for those that don't know, if you're in the city of Sonoma, the sprawling, enormous metropolis of 9,000 people or 10,000 people, Glen Ellen is a very small town. I don't think you even have a stoplight in town. No. There's a stop sign. I think there's a stop sign. There's a stop sign. Yes, there's Uh, a couple of them. There's two stop signs. There is. And maybe even three if you're counting the one that comes through the SDC. No, there's definitely three. (laughs) I mean, there's a few more, probably, somewhere. (laughs) Spread out. Um, (laughs) But but Glen Ellen, most people don't know, if you take Highway 12 north from uh, the city of Sonoma, you actually have to bow in a little bit on a road called Arnold Drive. That's the main road that kind of zigzags through Glen Ellen. Um, and tell me what's in Glen Ellen. We'll get to Talisman in a second. But yeah. What are some of the big attractions in Glen Ellen? What's in te- uh, Glen Ellen? I would say um, the saloon. So the okay. Jack London Saloon is a, is a big attraction for folks. Right. Uh, there's a uh, Michelin-rated restaurant called the Glen Ellen Star there. Fantabulous place with airy. Very hard to get into, as right. you might imagine, but uh, excellent food there. Um, they are going to reopen, as I understand it, the Glen Ellen in. Oh, right. They're doing some sort of renovations or something. Yeah, there. they're doing some renovations. The, the, the cabins are back open. Um, this, this dates back to the 17th fire, I think. Okay. Um, no, it dates back to COVID. Um, <laughs> Choose your tragedy. Doesn't, doesn't everything. That wheel. Yes, doesn't everything. That wheel. <laughs> um, so the, but they're not, I, my understanding is they're not going to reopen the restaurant just as a bar. Okay. So that's, okay. those are the three. And then and the Glen Ellen Market, it's just a great market. Little market well. there, good yeah. little mm-hmm. store there. And, and then sort of on the north end of town, there's a, there's a whole sh- sort of uh, building area with a few wineries. And oh, the Jack London Village. Jack, Jack London Village. Exactly. And Jack London, I think, plays a big part in Glen Ellen. Is, there, is there a reason for that? 
Uh, yeah, that's his, that's his spot. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the man's home, Jack London State Park and Jack London uh, Saloon and the whole right. thing. Yeah. And he's literally buried in the state park. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess he is tied pretty closely to that. Absolutely. That's what it, um, Rob, tell me, are you from California, from Sonoma? Where, how'd you come into this place? Complicated question. Okay. I, my dad was IBM, so I grew oh. up kind of everywhere. Yeah. Um, graduated high school in California. So, okay. uh, so been in California since, I don't know, early eighties. Were you down in the South Bay? San Jose. Yeah. Yeah. San down, Jose. Was you at the Almaden Research Center building weird lasers and stuff like that? I was, I lived in Almaden. Did not build weird we lasers. We were neighbors. Lived, we were neighbors. What high I school grew did up you down go there. to? I went to the all boys school there. Bellarmine? I did. I went to yeah. Pioneer. Oh my, you went to Pioneer? Yes. We were from the same neighborhood. <laughs> Get out of here. For real. Yeah. That's Good crazy. for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know if you've been back there. It's, nothing's changed. It's all the same. No, it's like uh, totally yeah. different. <laughs> yes. I have. I have been back there and yes. Pioneer had a great band. I got to tell you something like that. It, I, I don't know how it was. I know now they have a really good music. I have some friends I grew up with on my street. Their kids went there. Yeah. They have a good program. But even my friends that went to Pioneer, had like, they were much better at music than our, you know, um, our school had a lot of other good qualities, but music was not <laughs> one of them. Now it's in that academic man- magnet. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. Is, I know. Yeah, it's really funny. Which was is really weird. A little different than... <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't that way. Let me just say, on the record, it was not that way when I was there. <laughs> no, but go go Pioneer Mustangs. The Mustangs yes, exactly. I went, I went to a, a homecoming there. So. Oh, good luck. Go. Look at that, man. That's funny. How about that? Um, just find that out. So you... Um, your dad was for IBM and uh, probably up that weird cycle of tech down in the South Bay. Uh, you have a job, you're laid off, you have a job, no, you're laid he, off. You, he made it his whole career, he just got okay. moved around a lot. So, you know, born in Maryland, I was born in Maryland, Maryland, Virginia, New York, California, Germany, California. Wow. And then when he wanted to move again, the kids said, we're done. We're staying in <laughs> we're California. We're staying here, Dad. Yeah. So you can move, but we're staying here. <laughs> the weather's kind of nice. It's yeah, a good place exactly. to be. At. How did you come to end up in the wine business then? Yeah, kind of by happenstance. I, I went to Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. with the, Go Mustangs again. Uh, again with double the Mustangs. Mustangs. Double Mustangs. Okay. Uh, got a journalism degree oh, in good. sports journalism and huh. worked for about a year in that area. And then I decided I didn't really want to... Um, cover high school sports on Friday nights for the rest of my natural life. (laughs) And I had a friend who worked at Clos de Bois in in Healdsburg. And she, she said, well, why don't you come? We're, we're hiring. Why don't you? And I said, I know nothing about wine. And she said, you don't have to know nothing, anything about wine. You just need to know how to talk to people and teach you the rest of the stuff. And that's how I got into the wine business. For real. Like were you literally doing like print journalism for high school Uh sports and stuff like that? Yeah. Tascadero News. Oh really? That's pretty good. I was the sports writer, editor, photographer. Which I don't recommend. Don't edit your own stuff. It's not no. Good. It's hard to edit your own stuff. You fall yeah. in love with your own prose. Yeah, and you miss <laughs> things. <laughs> like, Who's the idiot that wrote that headline? Like, oh, oh, it's I'm, me. I'm right. the idiot. Yeah. Um, so you started in Clos de Bois. I started at Clos de Bois when they were still located in um, Hillsburg, in downtown Hillsburg, before right. they moved to Geyserville. Um, yeah, that was my first job in the wine business, and like I said, I, I knew nothing, and wow. and I had people who trained me to learn, and other people who said things wrong on purpose so they could hear me repeat them. Oh, and, really? Yeah, that yeah. was good. Yeah, it's fun for them. Not so much fun for me. <laughs> the Chardonnay is supposed to have a vinegar aftertaste. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, exactly. That means it's properly aged. But but I suck at it, and now here I am, thirty plus years later. So here we go. And then, so have you worked at um, more? Uh, sounds like a few different wineries. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you kind of moved around and done stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you enjoy about working in the wine business? The people. Yeah, really? I, 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 you know, that taste room. Taste room itself, that first job I had is all about people and connecting mm-hmm. with people and meeting people from other places and introducing them to wine and right. and speaking at them, speaking with them at their level. So right. not 
you know, like I'm a, I'm a big believer in not sort of cramming wine facts down people's throats and right. making them feel stupid because it's not really about that. It's about enjoyment. And so that sort of led to led to, you know, my other jobs and into management jobs. And, um, you know, as a wine club manager at Sterling, right when wine clubs were becoming a thing. And, and uh, right. OK, they, explain they, this wine. Club. This is interesting. We get this yeah. question all the time in the tasting yeah. room because yeah. people like say, do you want to join a wine club? It's like it's a secret clubhouse. You go in the back and drink wine. Or what does it mean? What is a wine club and how do they work and why should someone consider? one? Yeah. So a wine club is um, basically a way to stay connected with the winery when you go back home. And so um, and that's that's the way it should be viewed. So, you know, if I come to come to the winery and it's it's, you know, it's a beautiful August day and I, and I'm from Iowa and I'm, and I get my next wine club shipment. It comes to my door in February. It reminds me of mm. that time. Right? right. So it's a way to stay connected with the winery. Um, basically most wine clubs work in a, in a, in sort of a, it's not, not even an allocation model, but it's, it's a model that says you're going to get a certain amount of shipments per year. Mm. And in exchange, you're going to get these benefits. You're going to get a discount on the wine. You're going to mm. get free tastings. You're going to get invitations to events. You're, mm. you know, all these other kinds of things, depending on the winery. Right. So that's really the sort of the basic rudimentary um, definition of a wine club. Right. Uh, every winery structures theirs a little bit differently, although okay. they've um, things that things that we did at the very beginning are not as common. I was certainly used to ship wine every month, and that was every month. a lot. So, <laughs> so now it's usually like quarterly. I quarterly, think. some we do we do twice a year. A lot okay. of wineries will do three times a year because it's you know, a lot of weather affects things. Yeah, I've heard like you summer. don't want to ship yeah. when it's too hot. Back yeah. back to Dubuque in August, it might be a little warm. Got to be careful so when you your wait until October. Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it is that vinegar. No, yeah, exactly. Chardonnay is supposed to taste that way. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and okay, so that's what a wine club is. And my understanding is people can come to a winery. Maybe they go to three or four different wineries in their visit. They can join two wine. They don't have to join every wine club. No. You you have that chance to try different wines. Sometimes you can buy a bottle right from the tasting room if you like it. But you're like, Absolutely. well, I don't know if I want to, you know, I like their shard, but I'm not going to join for their cab. It was a big fan or something. Yeah. And um, I think the other thing, too, to remember about most, most wine clubs now, it used to be that you got what you got. So, hey, this is your shipment, and that's right. what's coming in your box, and that's the end of it. Okay. Now it's a lot more flexible and customizable. Like, Got it. you know, we tell our members at Talisman, we say, hey, these are the wines we're releasing for you exclusively. Okay. You don't have to take those if you don't want to. Just let us know what else if you want something different, and you that's fine, that. too. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's transition to that. Talisman Wines. Tell, first of all, I was telling someone there's a winery called Talisman Winery, and it sounds like something like, oh, my God, you open that bottle, and then, like, an evil genie comes out or something <laughs> happens. Like, you open the talisman, you know? <laughs> It's, um, it's, it's not far <laughs> off, actually, the way that name came about. Really? Uh, yeah, so Scott Rich and Marta Rich are the owners of um, Talisman Wine. And Scott uh, has a, his um, American Indian mother gave him a charm ah, for Talisman that was blessed by, a, uh, blessed by a medicine man in their tribe. And he um, sort of took the, the medicine wheel part of the Talisman and stylized it a little bit. And that's how, that's how the logo that's came how the to be. Came. Okay. Yeah, and it sort of relates to how wine is made as well. So... Um, sort of all kind of ties together that way. Yeah, that's a much better story. It is. I think I, I probably like, didn't tell it very well. Too many, no, it's a good one. Like like me, like the you know the D and D kind of like world. <laughs> like it's a talisman or yeah. something like that. Um, well, tell me a bit about the winery. What kind of wines they offer, and then about yeah. the experience. Yeah. So the winery has been around as a as a brand since 1993. So hmm. it goes way back. Um, it's all Pinot Noir all the time. Okay. So we only make Pinot Noir, um, and that includes Rosé of Pinot Noir, and we also make Pinot Blanc. Okay. Um, that's recent. Uh, but it goes all the way back to 1993. So mm. Scott and Marta both have a very deep history in the wine business. He's been a winemaker 
for a long, long time okay. at places like uh, Mandavi and at Etude. And she she grew up in the business as a as a salesperson. So okay. she worked for Mandavi for 18 years as in, eventually mm. was the Northern California head of sales for Northern okay. California. And then she went to work for a company called Calera mm. for another 14 years as their VP of sales. So they had a, they have a long, rich history of being in the wine business. And he made, he's made Pinot Noir and, and um, Cabernet and other things for other wineries. Mm. They started their brand in 93. And until 2007, they made wine like wherever he worked. Oh, basically. so they were like itinerant, like late, late at night, you sneak in with like a, a, a bunch of grapes and right. make his wine. <laughs> I don't think he had to sneak in. I think he probably had permission, but that's the boss. <laughs> exactly. So, really, so they didn't have their own production area. No. So or... they, um, so basically what happened was, is they, for that first few years, actually not first few years until 2007, mm-hmm. they grew their winer, their, their following, mm-hmm. By mailing lists and mm. having tastings in their home in Glen Ellen, so they didn't they, have it. They didn't have. They didn't have a tasting room. They didn't have a winery facility. They didn't have anything. They just had their wines. <laughs> they had a label they, and a dream. <laughs> they had a label and a dream and really good Pinot Noir. And uh-huh. so, until 2007, when we we took up a space on on Eighth Street mm. um, South, there's a, a industrial complex there with a lot of wineries now. Right, right. Uh, they they took up a space there in 2007 mm. and then started making their wines there okay. for the. In interim five years, they also did tastings there. Okay. Um, basically in what is now Scott's office. <laughs> yeah. And I know for people who, who don't know much about wine, myself included, um, yes, there's that, you know, pastoral dream of vineyards. Mm-hmm. And we talk about the barefoot Italian girls all the time. Mm-hmm. But when you go to see an actual production facility, you know, it's food is being made. It's going to be very kept clean and you have a very controlled environment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the most romantic place at times to see production facility. It's, uh, it's pretty industrial. Yeah. Um, if you catch it at the right time, it's in, it's interesting. It smells good during crush and For harvest. Sure. I, mean, I, I even smelled some fermenting on my way in. So someone's yeah. got some open top fermenters going right now. This is the time of year um, for that. For sure. Yeah. Now is the time of the activity, but it's really, it's not the most, the way where we make wine and where a right. lot of wineries around us make wine, it's not the safest place to be because there's right. like forklifts <laughs> zipping around and tanks and it's, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's an industrial process. It's absolutely. And you have to be careful. Yep. And it's not, like I said, it's not super scenic because you are, you want to be indoors. You don't want to be outside where mm-hmm, stuff, you know, mm-hmm. can get in. Um, so I'm glad that they were able to move into a tasting room. That Yeah. So the tasting room came about in 2012 and we mm. talked about the building already. And right. so they've been there since that, since then. And, and their goal with that tasting room was to replicate what they did in their home in Got the it. early days. And so they wanted to feel like somebody's tasting wine in their home. Just so it's a very small room, space. Kind of small we space. don't take groups. I mean, eight is the max, but really right. it's six. Okay. And it feels like the furniture and the, the the way it's appointed feels like you're sitting in somebody's home. Do you, uh, when you're done, do you ask them to do the dishes? Like, Sometimes. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Depends on how they behave. <laughs> <laughs> this is just like home. So there's some uh, leftovers, microwave, those, and clean up after yeah, yourself. Exactly. Yeah, No, it's not quite that bad. I mean, well, I mean, I'll have to check after we're done here. There's a few tastings going on right now. But um, yeah, so that's, it's, uh, and the way we operate there mm-hmm. is a little bit different differently than where I've been at other places mm-hmm. is we don't tell people what they're going to taste. And a lot of times people will have a list of, Hey, these are the five wines we're pouring right. today. We make 17 or 18 different wines from 11 different vineyards and oh, it, wow. it's all Pinot Noir. All Pinot Noir. So people get confused by that because they think Pinot Noir is Pinot Noir. Right. And I'm even me, I was just like, I got to see this to believe it because right. you know, it's, it, but it's not, it's much more nuanced than mm-hmm. Cabernet is Cabernet and Merlot is Merlot and Pinot right. is Pinot. And so we make, different style pinots for people people with different palettes and Got so it. 
we always find what it is that they like in terms mm -hmm. of characteristics and then we follow a path. Okay. And okay. so not everyone tastes the same thing and that's fine. Interesting. Because I didn't know that. Yeah. Because yeah, normally you're absolutely right. You have a little uh, uh -huh. piece of paper. Here's yeah. our menu. Sometimes like here's a flight of reds or here's a flight mm -hmm. of whites or here's our standard and then we have yeah. a reserve and a library. No, we don't do that. We, uh, we want to wow. make sure that people enjoy what they're tasting. And so if somebody says, you know, we'll put two glasses in front of them and they say, I really like this, this style better. It's mm -hmm. lighter and, you know, more airy and more fruit forward. Then we've got a few others in the, in okay. the bank that we can pour them that are similar. Okay. Instead of trying to jam something down their throat, that's really a lot of backbone and really heavy that they're not going to like anyways. I like this choose your own adventure taste. Yeah, it's pretty much how it is. Yeah. That is smart. And we do. And the beauty of our wines is that they hold up. So okay. Pinot Noir, people sometimes think about Pinot Noir and they think it's light, doesn't mm -hmm. age. And we, you know, we've got wines that still go back, back all the way to 93. And so oh, really? Yeah. Pinos. Oh, yeah. Because mm -hmm. yeah, most people think of aging reds. Um, it's usually a Cab or Merlot, mm -hmm. the Syrah, the big guys. Yeah. So you, you had some aged We had Pinos. some people, we had some people buy, they bought six bottles of 2006 Pinot last week. Really? You still yeah. have some? Uh -huh. oh, okay. Yeah, we have Pretty we have stuff going all the way back. Now, not a lot. It's hiding in the nooks of their house oh. in the corner. <laughs> That's not, you kind of hit it. There yeah. are inventory locations, and that is one of them. Exactly. You're like, wait a minute, we did that tasting in the pantry that one time, so there's probably a couple yeah, bottles in Yeah, so that's, that's, I mean, that's really something unique that we offer. Mm. We're just releasing our 19s now, which is also okay. unusual, um, mm. because uh, yes. you know, a lot of wineries are serving 21 peanuts. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm yeah. doing the math backwards so mm -hmm. um so i my understanding is a lot of times reds take longer to come out but Correct. your cabs you know those are four years later sometimes. a lot of times yeah yeah uh, and pinots about two years later and you're more well, frequently than not yeah and whites are usually about a year or so later yeah yep. sometimes even you know rosés that are being harvested right now will be released mm -hmm. in the spring mm -hmm. uh sauvignon blancs same thing okay so um, early early drink yeah, stuff but exactly and interesting. then you know it's it's all it's all about how long it ages and for us it's not just about aging in the barrel it's also aging in the bottle so that it's ready okay. to drink so so we, we just released three of our 19s to club to the to our wine club this month and mm. we'll do three more in the spring and and then we won't have any 20s and then we'll have 21s <laughs> I mean, yes that's what we got yes yeah, nobody's we... nobody's got any 20 <laughs> reds yes <laughs> tell, me, tell me what you have here in front of us i have the i have the 2018 Consalis vineyard pinot noir this is mm -hmm. a russian river valley pinot noir okay. um see there's the label beautiful do, oh do the pop in the microphone ready all right Oh, that was great. You was know, it loud enough? Um, put it back in there. Okay. <laughs> Maybe violent. You want me to go violent? Go, go. There we oh, go. Oh, that was good. Yeah, it was a good one. That I was. I didn't spill it. We at could all. sell that to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the sound oh, effects. You got it? Okay. I got it. I'll probably drip afterwards. That's right. No one's on. So, um, Consalis Vineyard is a Russian River Vineyard. We we work with a number of different Russian River growers. This one's happens to be out. Oh, that's um, Pam. Wait, yeah, 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 yeah. You know yeah, her? She's from South Africa. Yeah, yeah, she's great. She's yeah, she's a big, super I've, nice. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. and so they. Um, We've made wine from their vineyard since I want to say 2004. I might be a little bit off on that, but um, they're one of the three Russian River vineyards that we're going to be doing this dinner with. On so you November got that coming 11th. up? Yeah, that's um, we're doing a, a vertical dinner uh, okay. with um, with our th three of our Russian River growers. So we'll it's five courses and it's three wines, three vineyards, and three vintages from that vineyard. 
Oh, wait, so, three times three is nine. So nine wines. Yes. <laughs> Five courses, nine wines. Yes. There's going to be a lot of wine there. And I've got to, I'm going to put up the, the YouTube here, video here as people are watching. Yes. This is a very nice color. I am, uh, I am colorblind, so I always have a bad time explaining the color. So this is a uh, reddish and a liquid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're in the neighborhood. Am I in the right Yes, there? you are. Uh, it's, you, what you can see um, in the glass is that it's kind of lighter in style. Mm -hmm. um, Gonzales is really delicate. We get mm. really delicate fruit there, and it seems to be. Um, oh, wow. It's not a. It's, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, Very nice wow. wine, but easy to drink. Um, it's not got that sort of, some people say like grouchiness. It's got a little yeah. backbone to it, but this is more, this is more not something you would necessarily have. It's like a aperitif kind I can, of Yeah, and I can yeah. see why, you know, there was the big push for Pinot, why Pinot's kind of, people say, you know, it's a finicky grape or finicky wine, but you got to chase the dragon to get the right, right yeah. Pinot. This is really amazing. Yes. This is good. Yeah, it's good. It's, oh, um, wow. it's, it's actually, one, actually one of my favorites of what we make, and that's... Mm. Um, you know, we make a lot of different things, and they come in a lot of different styles. But I'll um, hold this up to the uh, video as well, so people know there. But yeah, so see, look, I drip right down the label, just like I always do. <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. That's that's that, the key. That, that makes you it know tasty. it's real. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we know it's tasty, and it's right there. <laughs> you're so funny. Um, so when you can you explain what vertical means? Vertical tasting. Yeah, vertical means uh, same vineyard or wine, different vintage. So in this particular case, uh, okay. for Gonzales, where our first course is going to be, you know, it's going to it's going to come with a 2015, a 17, and this 18. Gotcha. From uh, the exact same vineyard. Same vineyard. And so you can kind of vintages. taste the differences. In, in the exactly, vineyard. and okay. and that's one of the things that um, affects wine is mm -hmm. is the weather, right? Mm -hmm. So so this year we were just talking before we, before we came on about how this vintage is super super late because right. of the weather we had earlier in the year. Right. Uh, all of those things, the weather, especially, I mean, the soil doesn't change because it's the same vineyard, but, but the weather. Right. And the, the amount of precipitation. How much rain did you get? Right. How hot was it in the summer? When did it ripen? All those kinds of things affect right. what the wine tastes like. And so it's really interesting to put 15, 17, 18, in this case, side by side and see the right. differences. And are you going to do that? So you have different courses. Mm-hmm. We have five courses, but we have nine wines. I'm going to hold this up. Yeah, so the first course is uh, is just hors d'oeuvres. No, uh, okay. we're, we're going to do a rosé with that, one of our rosés. Okay. And then the second course is the Gonzales course, and that's three different Gonzales wines. Oh, I see. So you're pouring little samples, perhaps. Mm -hmm. So we're and not then, pouring, like, eight-ounce glasses. There's plenty of, there'll be plenty of wine there. <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna well, we're not gonna well, run out. That's right. That's right. Uh, and then uh, the second course is gonna be uh, wine from uh, the the Starscape Vineyard, which is another one of our Russian River okay. vineyards. Okay. Um, Fourteen, sixteen, and seventeen, and then the third course will come with Sadie's, which is our third Russian River Valley okay. vineyard. So again, fourteen, fifteen, and seventeen. Okay. So nine different wines, three different vineyards. Focusing on the Russian River, uh, we we make cool. wines from um, a number of different regions. But okay. the the the, the, the rule, Scott's rule is basically: if I can drive there in the morning, spend quality time, and be back by lunch, I'll consider. So, so <laughs> but, I like the Scott ratio. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you probably got Carneros, we right? Carneros, which we're, we're, we're in right wines, now. Yeah. Um, you've got Russian River. You've probably got what they call Petaluma Gap slash Sonoma Coast slash whatever you want to call that, that area as well, down yeah. there. Um, but you're only making Pinot, so you're not up there in Chalk Hill probably or not Chalk Creek Hill. because no. that's those are big the cab areas. Yeah, the furthest furthest vineyard we have is uh, our furthest vineyard partner we mm -hmm. we have is Weir, which is in Yorkville, south of Men south end of Mendocino County. Oh right, okay, okay. Yeah. But it's I like to tell that story because it, a lot of wineries and this is, there's nothing wrong mm -hmm. with it, but a lot of wineries will you know you'll they'll have an Oregon Pinot or they'll mm -hmm. have a Pinot from the Central Coast of California. Well, the Central right. Coast of California is four hours away from here. It's, yes. He can't do what he wants to do. And he wants to be home in time for dinner. Yeah. No. 
Yeah, that no, we have rules, people. Got to be home for lunch. <laughs> we have rules. Yeah, here. those are the rules. I actually really like that idea because it gives a sense of what they call a terroir, right? The, the, yeah, the place. Exactly. And I think the other thing with him too is that he's so heavily involved in the the vineyard before the wine before the grapes come in. Like he mm-hmm. wants to be able to get there, and that's what he did for the mm-hmm. last month. He's going to the vineyards and putting grapes in his mouth and saying, and testing it. They're ready or they're not ready. You and know? that kind of speaks to the relationship. Um, that not not every winemaker owns a vineyard, correct? Right, it's not a farmer, and not every farmer makes wine, correct? But oftentimes there's that partnership here. Mm-hmm. So it seems like in this case with Talisman's wines, they have relationships. For example, with the Gunsalasses and the different people, right? Yeah, and he's got relationships. Relationship. Yeah, and yeah, long term relationships with people he likes to work with, basically. Yeah, that he can be back in time for lunch. <laughs> that he can. <laughs> he's like, he can be back, in, I back like at the you. winery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like you, but you're pretty far away, yeah, so yeah, we're, yeah, we're not exactly. we're not going to work out. Yeah. Um, so when, when is that event, that, that vertical tasting? November 11th, Saturday, November 11th. 11th. Okay. So it's, uh, it's right here in Sonoma. It's on Shelville road, just off of, um, 8th street East. Um, okay. It's, uh, the girl in the fig has a, a, a catering oh, spot. Oh, their catering spot. Yeah, sweet tea. Good. Yeah. Okay. Good. So it's, it's there. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. All the stuff's online on, on our website okay. and, and, and all the information. It's People just, can book tickets directly from you guys on your website. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And that sounds like a, uh, that sounds like a, a great thing. I think if I was, uh, you know, having a special occasion coming up or even a non-special occasion, get some friends together and yeah. do, uh, how often are you going to do like that kind of tasting? We do them, we do them about once a year. Yeah, uh, we do a sweet deep dinner. Okay. It's, it's, um, it's, uh, you know, we, our wine club members come to them pretty frequently, but it's also open to the public and, okay. and, uh, um, this will be my first one, and All right. some poor wine club member is going to get stuck with me at their table instead of Marta, and you that's going to be a problem. What you can do, though, <laughs> is if they're if they're, if you're bombing, you know, just play this podcast. Because once you get through the editing method, you'll you'll sound like a million bucks. It'll be great. You're like, yeah, just like, put just put my phone up and right. walk away. Yeah, like, okay. I might be terrible in person, but check it out. I was yeah, on this. Sounds podcast. like a great plan. I'll do that. <laughs> um, one thing I, I, went, I went I did a little bit of research before uh-huh. you walked in, and I was on the about us section of their website. Uh, Scott and Marta Rich. What I love is that he had his first uh, exposure to winemaking uh, for some Greek friends right. who made wine in their basement in Salt right. Lake City. Yeah. Which sounds very like Prohibition era, right? These Greek people are living in the middle of, of the Mormondom right, right there. Yeah. And they're like, we have to go in our basement and make wine. That's, yeah, that's, that's that's the one thing that struck me about that whole story, <laughs> too, was the whole Salt Lake City piece. Like yes. Salt Lake City making yeah. wine there. And then um, it went to UC Davis, blah, blah, blah. But then his wife who's from Minnesota, mm-hmm. they also made wine in their basement mm-hmm. in Minnesota, which yeah. is uh, my wife's from the Midwest and making your own wine and uh, it, making any of your own a hooch is a very Midwestern thing to do. Yeah. Uh, my brother-in-law has made uh, wine, beer, and then some like 7,000 proof Applejack stuff <laughs> that I didn't know what it was and he poured it for me. And uh, I drank it thinking it was like water. Mm, yeah, and probably uh, a sipping Holy situation. moly. Yeah, I like saw the <laughs> Lord and Savior. I was going crazy. And I said, Tommy, you have to warn people. And then I said, Tommy, how did you get your hands on a still? And, you know, Midwesterners like, oh, I, I welded one together in my garage. Uh, of course. I'm yes. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't Love think it. you should tell people about that. Yeah, but. she like she'll tell She's She has no memory of life without wine in it. Interesting. It's just from 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 being young from and being doing really it. young and then making wine in their right. basement. Well, yeah. And you can, if someone can, mm-hmm. and people listening, you can make wine at home with a bucket and grapes. It it will not be good wine, <laughs> but you can make wine you with a it. bucket and grapes. Yeah, uh, you but, can even buy uh, crushed juice. 
basically. Oh, yeah, yeah they yeah. have, um, they used to sell like uh, frozen um, bricks or something like that. You can rehydrate, mm-hmm. yeah, they can buy the juice. Yeah. But you can do all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah. Or you can just you go to Talisman Wines. Yeah, you yeah. can just go to Talisman <laughs> and just get something that we know is good. Yeah. Um, and nearby, I think in Glen Ellen, just real quickly, Talisman Winery, you mentioned, I think earlier, uh, you've got uh, Patinas down there at Laurel Glen, uh-huh. Wine Snobs up the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole bunch of other wine. Passaggio. Uh, Schermeister. Um, Schermeister's there. Uh, Eric Ross. Uh, Eric Ross, thank you. So and, in then that, the, and then in the other direction, um, Mayo. Oh, Mayo's there, of course. Uh, up, yeah. up towards uh, Highway 12, and then Kenwood's right around the corner. So. Right. So there's a lot of different mm-hmm. smaller family-owned wineries yeah. right there, and it's kind of worth exploring. Um, you know, most people come to Sonoma. A lot of people come to the plaza. They walk around yeah. the plaza. A lot of people just go up on Highway 12. Right. But it's worth getting off the beaten path a little bit. Absolutely. And, and exploring some of these smaller guys over there. I think it's 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 interesting. I, I've been in the business a long time, and I've worked at a lot of different properties. And, and um, there are places you can go to and get the whole sort of, you know, wow, this view is fantastic, and these right. wines are great, and the whole experience. And that's great, too. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but these these little sort of off-the-beaten-path places, right. you, you te- tend to discover things that you wouldn't um, otherwise discover. Right. And, right. Uh, and what I've been really struck by since I started at Talisman, and I, like I said, I, I came up I came up in the wine club part of the business right. uh, back in the mid, mid-90s, and, and, you know, before I sort of started managing all of what they call direct-to-consumer or consumer right. sales, I was managing wine clubs, and, and I've never, ever been around a wine club that has such universal love for the ownerships mm. and mm. vice versa. You, you know, it's the, it's it's like any other business. Mm. It's like, you know, you, the office of the consumer complaint, right? It's, it goes right up to the boss. So right, he's right there. I don't ever I don't ever get those calls. Everyone's so right. happy because Marta's just such a, an engaging person and they just love being around How her. big is the wine club? That's yeah, not huge. It's you're not a big people, yeah. Yeah, you're not a big winery. Mm-mm. No, like, are you are you distributed on shelves? We are um, okay. about eight states, so California, okay. and then a lot in the Northeast. Okay. Um, in fact, Marta's that's why Marta's not here today, and you get, on the road, you get me. She's on her. She's on a, on a train in Connecticut somewhere, I think. So. <laughs> She'll be back. Is that, she's like knocking on like a commuter's shoulders. Like, no, do you want to buy got, wine? No, no, no. She's got thirty. I mean, she's got thirty-two years of that yeah, kind of yeah. sales experience. Yeah, yeah. So she's got she's got plenty of people she can talk to in New York City and all this other. That's always a big so, market. Like yeah. New York, mm-hmm. uh, Connecticut, the tri-state area, the Chicago, yeah, yeah. the Dallases. Yeah. Uh, I was in Houston once for a show with some winemakers, and every waiter there knew the barrel cost of uh, oil. <laughs> they all knew because that was like the indicator of who was going to come in and buy what. Oh and I thought, God, well, that's funny. really interesting. Interesting. Right? Well, yeah, they, they know their business. They then, know right? their business. Yeah, that's that's the way there's to it. Um, if people want more information about Talisman Wines and especially to book that uh, dinner, where what is your website? It's talismanwine.com. Wine with no S. Okay. So, singular yes. wine. But singular they're wine. all singular and fantastic. Yes, exactly. T A L I S M A N, talismanwine.com. Correct. And people can book right there and find yeah, out. Yeah, uh, it's on the events page. There's a there's a button for the for the ticket and, okay. and uh, it's pretty simple. And they can join the wine club. They can join the wine club on the website, but we'd like to see them come in. <laughs> Given the up close and personal I, experience, what I, what I love about Glen Ellen. Let's go back to that real quick. Some restaurants, I think they waive corkage or they have special deals or they used to with bottles. I'm not sure that's true. I probably shouldn't even brought that up. But I don't I, know. I think yeah. yeah, some of them do something like that. So usually in the winter. There are the yeah. I mean it's it's not an uncommon practice in wine country, broadly speaking, to right. to waive corkage if you're bringing in. Well, the cork corkage thing is a little tricky, right? Mm. So there's a couple rules around it. One is if you bring a bottle of wine in that's already on the restaurant's right, wine you don't list, do that. that you don't, you don't do, that. do that. And then the other one is is that it's if you're hoping for free corkage at a winery, say in Sonoma, mm. you probably shouldn't bring a wine from 
Napa or Astrobles or something. Right. Maybe bring a bring wine in, from Sonoma. Bring in yeah. something local down the street. Yeah, exactly. And always share a little bit. With always share a little bit with the waiter. Here, yeah. Try that right mm-hmm. there. All right. Um, we're at that point now. Uh, are you ready, Rob, where we're going I, to help? I mean, I guess I'm up? as ready as I'll ever so, be. So just a quick introduction for those that don't know. Uh, we have two visitor centers. Uh, people call, people text, uh, people put on Facebook. They ask us all sorts of questions. I have this wonderful staff of volunteers that can answer it. You're going to help in the section we call We Get, get, get questions. questions. Okay. Here we go. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. <laughs> you haven't seen these? I, well, no, I have not seen okay. these. But you've lived in the North Bay a long time. I've lived in Santa Rosa since 91. So. All right. Nothing's changed. Yeah. No, Ready? Not even a little bit. <laughs> this one's easy then. Here's a yeah. softball for you. Okay. And we got this one from someone who was uh, on, on Facebook asking, because they're planning on coming at this time. What's the weather like in December? What is the weather like in December? Um, it varies, honestly. Last, last year it was rainy, um, all winter long, but plenty of, plenty of December's before that it was dry and a little bit cool, but not like frigid, you know, I'd say, you know, low fifties, high forties. Yeah. When you say cool, let's, let's, let's put that into context. Right. If you're from, you know, Chicago. It's warm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a December. It's a warm December. It's a warm December. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's. It pretty, you know, at nighttime it might get down to or close to freezing, but it's okay. broadly speaking, it's at least in the last six, seven years, it's mostly been dry. I'm uh, right now, I'm doing what I would do at the visitor center while you talk. I'm Googling it, right? Yeah. Something Sonoma average temp December. And let's see. Cause yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, you are really good. Uh, I'm just guessing. Average is like, like 60 or 58, 58 to 60. Uh, low is 37. Yeah. So that's fine. Sounds about right. That's like fine. so. All you really need is a light jacket, right. if you want, and it's t-shirt you know, weather. For it is. Some it is t-shirt weather. And if that's the average, because we had plenty of days where it's like sixty-five. For sure. I've been out hanging Christmas lights, sweating. Yeah, right? I have seen. And uh, yeah. and then other times it's a little chill, but it's like you put a sweater on, and it's nice. You get the fire going. Yeah, it all depends on where you're from, too, right? I, I it reminds me of the story when I worked at Sterling. I don't know if you've ever been to Sterling mm-hmm. in Calistoga, but they have this big sort of deck that overlooks the valley southbound, and and. You know, there were days when it was 110 degrees, and you'd walk out there and you'd see people, and we're just like, "Why are you out here?" Well, I'm from Oklahoma, and this is right. nothing; it's dry heat. You know, <laughs> it's like, "Well, it's really you're not getting any service from me today out here." I know. I'll be inside. Come on, ask yeah, me. Yeah. Here's some water, sir. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, all right, good. So we know in December, and I should say that uh, yeah, our winters uh, we are Mediterranean climate, so the, usually the only time we get any kind of precipitation, and it usually only falls in the form of rain, is really November, mm-hmm. December, January, February, March, and then kind of tapers off. Yeah, last year was an extraordinary year. Last year was but, unusual, I'd say for but sure. Five years before that, I, wow, not drought. Yeah, no rain basically. No yeah. rain. Yeah. Bad <laughs> yeah, for Tahoe, but, but good for us. Yeah, but but I think I think you have it nailed right. It, it doesn't really start raining until mid November if it, if it's going to rain right. at all. And by the time we're into mid March, it's pretty much done. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here's another one we got. People ask us about Glen Ellen. You know Glen Ellen. I, a little you bit. Know. I've been I've been I've been there working for three whole months. So, Here's the sure. question: Is Glen Ellen a village, a hamlet, a townlet, or an outpost? I'd say it's a village. <laughs> it's a village. All right. Yes, it is a village. It is a village. Although when you drive into town, someone has um, the sign that says Glen Ellen. Someone has put a paper, whatever it said underneath, it now says town. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it said city of Glen Ellen or town of Glen Ellen or something. Yeah, yeah. someone. I'm not someone sure. Someone out, someone you know, did some midnight. You know. I love that. Maintenance. Well, there's also someone, um, you have a local mascot called the Glen Alien. I did not. Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen this? Oh, yeah. So the Glen Alien is an alien. 
exactly. who encourages people to slow down. And so if you look at some of the signs, there's this uh, green alien, uh, like a spaceship looking guy, saying, slow down, the Glen alien. So, yeah. I'm surprised I haven't seen that guy, frankly. He, I commute into that town, that village. <laughs> you go over the Five back, days a week. valley? You go no, back. I, do. I mean, sometimes I do, but usually I just come down Highway 12. So right. that guy's going to get me at some point. He's going to find you. Guess. The Glen alien's going to find you. Yeah. Uh, we actually already answered this one, which is what is a vertical tasting? And yeah. You stated, because what I remember. Yeah, different vintages, same, okay. same. Wine, basically. In okay. our case, it's the same vineyard, but same vineyard. Uh, you know, any other, you know, if it's a reserve Cabernet from X winery, it could be. It's always different vintages, same. Is wine. there a horizontal tasting? <laughs> you know, there probably is, but it's not right. a term you hear. No? I, I have never heard that term. And no yeah. diagonal tasting. Mm, yeah, I mean that's pretty much what you we do. We better right? talk to a geometry teacher. Horizontal tasting is what we really do in tasting rooms, right? So, yeah, like, like so. Next week we have our wine club pickup party for our okay. club members, and we're pouring. Three nineteens from different vineyards. That's so that would be a horizontal, horizontal tasting. We just don't call it that. I like that. Thank yeah. you. Okay, okay we're gonna, new trend. You know okay, you you make sure you lock that term down. I'm going to hurry up and reserve that URL yeah, right exactly. now. Exactly. Um, okay. <clears throat> Hello. We're looking for a good place for a quiet meal. We don't like loud places. A quiet meal. Quiet meal. What's a quiet place? Or what's that movie? A quiet place. Yeah, we don't yeah, want that. Terrifying. Oh, quiet meal. A quiet oh. meal. Where do you just quiet? In what? Yeah. Where? Open. Huh. Yeah. I mean, a good place for a quiet meal. It's not really my style, so it's like no, I'm, you're just like one of those. I need some noise. Yeah. <laughs> Will you pass the pasta, mom? <laughs> no, no, maybe not that bad. <laughs> like a, um, I'm not talking about TGI. Yeah. Fridays, so, so well, here's one I know. Um, Layla is at uh, MacArthur Place, and they have a private yes. room, and it's, I mean, Layla itself is quiet. Um, there's an outdoor patio that could be quiet, but they also have a private dining area you can reserve that, yeah. that can be quiet. Right. Um, what about the place that Stone Edge Farm opened in downtown oh, yeah. Sonoma? Um, Edge. Edge, it. It's going yes. under, it's, that's a classic place to be very quiet mm -hmm. and refined. Um, and you could not yell, pass the pasta, on! No, 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 you could not do that. Um, and I think that that's a great one. That's re I think they're doing some um, re renovations right now, but mm -hmm. it, it can be quiet, so that's another good spot. Uh, Sante at the Fairmont has like that kind of quiet aspect. Yeah. I think any of your finer dining places mm -hmm. will be quiet. Um, yeah, most of those, I mean, there's... You know, Glen Ellen Star, though it is Michelin rated, is not that. It's pretty. No, it's a raucous fun time. Yeah, it's, it's a raucous fun time. I mean, the it's, kitchen's open. You can see them right there. You can. Areas yeah. like slinging pizzas, or I've seen them take Dungeness yeah. crab out of that thing, and yeah. all sorts of crazy places. So. Yeah, so that's that's a great place to get into if you can get into it, but it's right. not. It's not quiet. It's not yeah. quiet. Okay, that's good. But I think yeah. So look for the higher end places. Usually in restaurants, will be a little bit quieter. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I might say. Um, uh, Cafe La Haye, it can be, where well, there's a lot of people in there in cinema, because it's a small spot right mm -hmm. here off the plaza, but it can be quiet too, because it's like more subdued. It's not like, right. a, like a party scene or something like that. We don't need DJs in restaurants. What was going well, I think, on? I mean, that? even Salt and Stone on Highway 12 is, yeah. is, is, uh, is more subdued in that, it in is. that way. It's, good, it's good a bigger seafood. spot, and they, but, and they have a bar eating area that's not so quiet, but the restaurant itself is pretty. Good. Yeah. yeah. There's something to be said for quiet meals. You know, there is. It's like we've had silent discos. Why not the silent meal? <laughs> we sit there eating by ourselves. <laughs> like we're bringing back, okay, the Hungry Man TV dinner. Okay, by yourself, just being quiet, just silent. I'm okay just, with that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we'll pair it with some wine. Yeah. Um, here's this is a hot take. Ready? Children at wine tastings? Yes or no? I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, I used to say when when I was taking more reservations than I do now, I used to say. Uh, your, your kids are fine as long as they're on a leash. And I, 
And I, and I said that facetiously because they, you say that about dogs all the time, <laughs> of course, right? Of course. And so I said that in the sense that what I mean by that is you don't have to physically be on a leash, but they can't be running around disrupting. <laughs> but what people. happened? Did anyone bring their kid on a leash? No, no. I, you know, I got, I do have children. They're older now. Yeah, same. Um, at first time you see a kid on a leash, you're like, that's a horrible idea until you have your own two year old. Yeah. And you're like, that man's a genius. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I, I always said it and I sort of qualified and said, you know, as long as they're not running around disrupting other people's tastings, it's fine, you know? Right. Okay. Um, keep them, keep them, keep them close. And I will say this though, um, depending on the age of the kid, right. they tend to get pretty bored. Yeah. Um, we used to, when I was at, well, I worked for a year at Sterling Imitation before I moved into wine club management. And uh, that place was a, you know, it's got a gondola that goes up to the top. Right, and right. so back then when it was $5 to get in, that was the bone that people threw their kids. They would say, hey, if you're good all day, we can go on the we'll, gondola. we'll go on the gondola. Where did that gondola go? It's still there. Just went up the hill though, right? It went, it goes up the hill and then comes back down. That's how you access the tasting room. Got it. Okay. Yeah, unless you're scared of heights, they'll take you up in the van. <laughs> it's true. How far is it above the ground in the gondola? Yeah, I mean, it's not like, it's like, it's nothing like, it's just like being at a ski resort. Ski resort? Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's snow underneath at a ski resort. This is true. Yeah. yeah it's not like, rocks. It's, it's like the rock. Yeah. It's like volcanic schist. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I said schist. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, final question. Okay. When will the leaves start changing in the vineyards? Now. They have. Okay. They're dropping now. Okay. You've seen that. Yeah. So they're, um, I was telling you about how we're doing some filming for the winery and, uh, we're, we got very little footage of vineyards with green leaves, mm. even when the grapes were still on the vine. This was a very unusual year in terms right. of timing from a harvest perspective. But, the, you know, the grapes ripened and the leaves were already almost, you know, it goes fall fast. colors. And then they were off. Yeah, I've been watching it on the drive up by Kenwood, you know, the left-hand side yeah. where the uh, the white barn is, when, mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. perfect. Um, I'm just driving, and all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute, it's, just, it's all turned red all of a sudden. Yeah. And it's quick. And I think once the plant throws off the grapes, it knows the time. Mm -hmm. No more energy needed. Let's go to dormancy. Completely. So, so get ready for it. Um, yeah. But we have, it, it roughly runs in a usual year, uh, mid-October to kind of like end of November, depending on the varietal, which is very interesting, that different types of grapes yeah. will turn at different times. But you get this neat tapestry. Um, and yeah. as you drive north from Glen Ellen at Cundy Winery, they have this beautiful hill, mm -hmm. right? Um, and you used to work there? Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. And so when the sun is setting, it hits it just perfectly. It's like a yeah, quilt it really does. up yeah. against there. And that's just a beautiful way to do it. Further south in the Carneros region, uh, up at Vianza or Jacuzzi or Gloria Ferrer, you kind of it goes down yeah, towards the towards bay, the bay. Yeah. and that's also another beautiful place to see the colors. Yeah, so, it really is. Yeah, yeah, this year was really accelerated, um, but it tends to be a you know it, it doesn't mirror like fall in other in other right. regions, but it's you know it's got a pretty lengthy. It's a different type of thing. Nice, we're we're nice not like runway. New England where all of a sudden yeah. it's all maple syrup and cold right. and hot cocoa. Right. And but, cider. It's, but it's beautiful. And it's, yeah. you catch it, like you said, if you catch it at the right time when there's all these different colors and shades and some vineyards are still green and some are yellow and right. some are bare, you know, and then it's pretty interesting. It yeah. is nice. And then they start turning green underneath when the, the mm -hmm. cover crop comes mm -hmm. out. But, but that's a whole other story. It is. Um, Rob, it's been wonderful having you on here. You are a font of information. I try. I don't know. You've been yeah. doing this once or twice for your Well, I've, you know, I've been known to make some stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I think, I think, you know, it, the, the uh, Tascadero, whatever they were. News, the Tascadero. The news. Tascadero Pandas. I don't know what their high school is. They, they uh, the Greyhounds. The Greyhounds mm -hmm. definitely missed out on having you, but I'm glad that you became a wine person too. Um, really the Greyhounds. I the guess Greyhounds, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, again, if people want information about the winery, what is the website again? Uh, Talisman Wine with no S. Talismanwine.com. That's T-A-L-I-S-M-A-N. 
wine.com and you've got that Russian River vertical tasting happening yeah. on November 11th. Russian River vertical <clears throat> dinner. It's a five course yeah. dinner. Um, happens on Saturday the 11th. So it's about five. It starts at 530. Probably be over about 10. Okay. Yeah. And it's at the Girl in the Fig Suite D, so it's mm-hmm. off 8th Street East. Not the main Girl in the Fig, also a fantastic restaurant, but at their special event center mm-hmm. off 8th Street East, exactly. which means you can stay in Sonoma or in Glen Ellen or in Kenwood or in the Pretty Springs simple. Yeah. And, and get right there. Um, well, hey, thank you so much for stopping by. Yeah. This has been fantastic. And uh, if you've listened this far, thanks for listening so far, uh, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Saturday, November 18th is the lighting of the plaza. So come out to that after the week after you go to the uh, Talisman Wine event. And uh, hope everyone's doing well. Dad, I hope you're feeling better. And guys, we will see you next week. Thanks. Bye-bye.